chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome to the State of Cannabis, bringing you fact-based news and views and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. Advocates and analysts will join us to discuss the ongoing path to reform and legislation. Now, the State of Cannabis, with your host, Dave Inman. Welcome to the State of Cannabis, keeping you, our listeners, on the pulse of what's happening in cannabis today. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us today, we have Oren Cohen with the Terpene Experts. Oren, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you? Uh, if I was doing any better, I'd be twins. That's awesome, man. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of misconceptions, uh, I understand, as it uh, relates to terpenes. Um, and, and you are here today to really help uh, expand and expound that uh, that conversation. Really, what is a terpene? Well, terpenes are a group of aroma isolates, uh, molecules that are present in lots of organic matter. Um, they're present in lots of different things. They, you know, they can be found in hops, they can be found in vegetables and plants and trees. Um, and they're commonly used in aroma, in fragrance production, in food and beverage production. And on a natural level, they have relevant purposes in nature. Like some of them act as natural pesticides for plants to ward off other insects or some of them, you know, repel other animals from eating the plants. So na- nature has built these into its, I guess, genetic repertoire for many, many reasons outside of just pleasing us and being palatable. You know, it's, it's interesting, uh, at least in, uh, in the cannabis space, uh, you know, for the last 30 years, uh, terpenes really didn't come into a ton of play until maybe about the, what, the last 10 to 15 years where really there became a, an understanding that they were present. And maybe it was just because most of what we got, you know, was, uh, especially here in Arizona, was, uh, you know, stuff that came across the border was compressed into a nice little brick. And oh, yeah. uh, really there was, there was no smell or taste. And if there was, it was generally not very pleasant. Yep. Lots of seeds, lots of stems. <laughs> I remember <laughs> I went you know, to high we, school. <laughs> you know, we've come a long way since then. And now we, we get to, to look at not only at, uh, at the overall uh, outcome, you know, what uh, kind of uh, a high is going to going to manifest, but also what kind of flavor we want to have from the cannabis. I mean, we have, you know, the sour creams and the, of course, sour diesels and tangerines and oranges and blueberries and strawberry coughs and all from one plant. But as you were just mentioning before, these flavor profiles reside in a lot of different plants, not just cannabis. So tell me how that relates now to the, the cannabis industry in general and how, or how we can make that relate. Uh, well, it's, it's very important. I think um, as we've departed from just traditional combustion of leaf and these new ancillary products have you know taken center stage in the marketplace, these are important things. I mean, five years ago, having your oil in a pen on a shelf, that was winner, winner. That was all you needed to get the business. Um, it didn't need to taste particularly good. It didn't need to be faithfully recreating your favorite strain or the smell of a bag of flour. It just needed to be there. Now that the pie has been divided into smaller pieces, shelf space is at a premium. And the consumer, I venture to say, is more educated and their expectations are raised, it, terpenes are more important than people give credit for in some instances. Um, you know, not only are we recreating the entourage effect that this strain has, 
to try to give the user the high they're expecting or a more full spectrum high than just pure, you know, deterpinated um, distillate. But we're also trying to give them a pleasurable experience, one that's palatable, appetizing. They're consuming this. They want, uh, they want, and, and you can't really compare it to any other space in the market. Meaning when you hit a cardamizer with oil in it, you're not going to get the same experience you get combusting flour, vaporizing flour, doing a dab. It's a different market. And the expectations are almost, in my opinion, on a gourmand level. People want to be tantalized on their palate. They want, they want things to be exciting. And I think that's where terpenes really help, um, you know, bring this, bring this excitement to the space of distillate and oil. You know, that's a, that's a great way of, of really looking at it, you know, a, a, a gourmand uh, actual or a, approach. You know, we, uh, we, we are developing more of a, a flavor palette for uh, quality cannabis. So we don't just have the, the bricks to deal with anymore. And we can pick and choose more often than not. And, and that's actually one of the, the most exciting things for myself is, is there's always just a smorgasbord of, of different things to experience and try. Um, but we can we can really excite uh, our, our not only our head, of course, but our, our taste buds, um, our, our, our the, the smells, the, the everything. I mean, it, it just becomes such uh, so much more of a, a, a rounded uh, uh, thing than it, it ever could have been before. No, definitely. And I mean, you have you have your standard staples. You have, I guess, for lack of a better metaphor, your Budweiser's. You've got something, you know, neutral product on the market that will you know, not wow everyone, not disappoint everyone, be void of character, be void of anything offensive or complimentary, and that's just your staple product. But then you get into your craft beers, and you get into stuff that hangs its ass a little higher over the ragged edge, and it'll be polarizing. You're going to have flavors that people go crazy for, and in the same group of people, you'll have half of those people going, I, I hate this. I mean, it's so personal, and it's so... Um, it, it, it's so polarizing that it's almost fun. I, I like that. When you start getting into the double IPAs and the sours and all this, yeah, there, there's people that just don't like those, you know, or the, the double box and, you know, and, and some of them I don't blame people for not liking, but <laughs> yeah, agreed. But it's, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, it is a very personal thing and, and being able to tailor for, uh, for effect as well as taste is, is really exciting. Um, now, my understanding is that terpenes do have effect um, on, you know, physiological uh, response. Um, so how, how much do you see actually going into to research, whether it's your own or, or nationally, to really understand how these, these terpenes affect um, and, and how they, uh, they, you know, tend to transcend our, our typical just uh, cannabinoid uh, intake? It's... Um... It's interesting. I think um, there are two sides to that question. Um, I think from where I am, what differentiates me and my work and my company from everyone else doing terpenes is we put the art before the science and we enforce the art with the science rather than running a lab report and um, painting by numbers with these flavors without any regard for how it tastes how faithfully it smells, because there's a lot of pink noise on these lab reports and a lot of inconsistencies. I think um, you have to work with your nose and with passion first and then reinforce that and back it up with science. Um, 
it's and I think that's where people are getting this wrong. They're like I said before, there's this there's this fallacy that we have to be faithful to nature, even though the product within itself has already defied nature. We've already, you know, manipulated and masturbated this plant <laughs> and removed its oil and deterpinated it. So why are we being OCD about lab reports and nature? I think um, you know, I think entourage effect and the psychoactive effects of these terpenes is very important. Um, it's my duty and responsibility as, I guess, a terpene creator or flavorist to tick off all those boxes and make sure that I'm going to give people, you know, what they expect physio you know, in their physiologically from Northern Lights, from, you know, Casey Jones, from Jack Harrer. There, there are certain expectations. So I, I can't neglect that but it shouldn't rule my process. It should be there to enforce my process. And I think um, you can have something that on a lab report looks just like Jack, but tastes like fucking pine saw and tastes <laughs> disgusting. And people will say, oh, but it's full spectrum. But yeah, but you can't eat it because it tastes like shit. It's, <laughs> you know, that, that's great. If we wanted a full spectrum, you know, cerebral experience, you know, eschewing all of our aesthetic sensibilities, we'd take a fucking pill. We wouldn't be, you know, lingering and luxuriating in the aroma and, you know, tasting it. It, it would be sterile. It would be boring. So uh, I, I think I think a balance or a harmony needs to be struck between the two. I couldn't agree more, you know, that uh, that we really need to, and, and I like the way that you put it, you know, uh, allowing the art, artistic approach um, to, to really take hold first and then backed up by science. You know, more often than not, what I wind up seeing is, is these set of, of parameters that they use to, to, you know, test and repeat the test and repeat the, you know, standard yeah. scientific method. But it's what tests are we doing and what are the controlled environments? And, uh, you know, uh, when we look at, uh, well, what if we have a test and we're testing things that are two and a half years old versus something that's three months old? that should actually be a, a huge delta of difference that you'll wind up seeing. I mean, there, there should be breakdown of the terpenes and, and everything yep. else. Um, you know, we got to take a quick break. Um, when we get back, we have Oren Cohen with the terpene experts, and he is uh, laying down some bars of knowledge for us. We'll be right back with you folks. Stay tuned for more state of cannabis only on cannabisradio.com When we return. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. Are you disturbed by the prescription medication commercials on television and their endless list of side effects? They go on and on and you end up having to take multiple pills to counteract the problems caused by the first pill. It never ends. Have you looked into CBD as a more natural option? At Saturn Ranch, we produce all-natural CBD topicals and THC-infused edibles. Premium lab-tested hemp-derived CBD is the most important ingredient in our products. From topical bombs, salt scrubs, bath-soaking salts to tinctures and edibles, you're sure to find something to help. Family-owned and operated, we at Saturn Ranch believe in and use our products daily. Don't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body. SaturnRanch.com 
the next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Once again, here's Dave Inman. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. I'm your host, Dave Inman. Uh, today we have Oren Cohen with the Terpene Experts. We were uh, just talking about uh, you know some of the history of terpenes, uh, some of the, the new and exciting things that were uh should already be seeing uh, entering your your local cannabis shelves now, but also understanding why they're they're coming to your shelves and and why it's important. Uh, so we were just talking a little bit about uh, the artistic approach, uh, then backed up by science. And I'm and I'm a huge fan of that. I think that uh, the more uh, intimately aware you are of uh, what's in front of you, the better you can metricize um, and proof uh, things. And so I, I love that approach. Um, so. You know, as far as the the your your company, the terpene experts, um, and and I loved another term you had, and I'd, I'd actually never heard it, the flavorist, which I think is awesome. I think that's a great uh, terminology for for somebody that does what you do. But kind of tell me a little bit about uh, terpene experts and what you do in your market. Um, it, we're we're kind of the different terpene company. I I, I got into this almost by happenstance. Um, I've been a chef. I'm a wine geek. My olfactory sense is really heightened. I develop flavors for the e-liquid industry. And I've got a very strange gift where I can smell anything. And my nose is literally as good as a lab. Um, I used at e-liquid shows, I used to um, bring 400 different extracts with me. And I would tell people, give me whatever e-liquid bottle you have in your pocket and I'll replicate it in about a minute with my nose and you won't tell the difference. And I, and I did that to prove a purpose, to show people our process in the most honest, bullshit way free possible, which is everyone else here will tell you, I'm here to show you that this is why we have so many flavors. This is why they're all good. And this is why they're so layered and detailed and accurate. And I started doing this with cannabis probably about a year and a half ago and found that my process was very different and my results were i guess you know subjectively better than the status quo meaning i could take any flower any nug pulverize it in my hand and i can write out the terpene formula on the spot for that flower and then when i verify it with a lab report Generally speaking, it ticks off all the boxes that the lab report ticks off, except it tastes and smells cohesive and beautiful. So with that, um, I started doing work behind the scenes for a lot of cart and distillate com companies that are out there right, with product on the shelf, um, developing their flavor systems, compounding their terpenes, um, you know, certainly without revealing any names or doing anything like that because people's business is their business. Um, I, I can comfortably say that my product is in a lot of places and we're probably flavoring the equivalent of 200,000 carts a month. So with that, I wanted to start offering off the shelf solutions for people online because I noticed that other people were and I've worked with these terpenes and, you know, wasn't really wowed. Um, 
And, you know, with, I, I like to work with people in a bespoke nature generally where I'll smell their distillate because everyone's distillate is different and I'll detect the nuances in it and I'll tailor these terpenes to work with it and not mask it so that it has a really organic and natural smell. But I know that there are smaller manufacturers out there that don't have that luxury, that don't want to pay for private development. So I'm, I'm constant. I'm going to, you know, we have our site. There are about 50 strains up there now. Um, and we're going to be appending that site every week. I want to have a library of hundreds of strains that people can buy and use for their products, for their personal use, for their small cart runs. So that's, that's kind of our plan. Now, um, let's, let's dive into the, the terpenes themselves. Now, if you were to distill them uh, from, or if you were to, to deterpene, deterpenize, is that what you, is that how you refer to it? Um, good enough for me. <laughs> okay. If I'm making up words, you know, if they're good, let's use them again. Um, I like that. <laughs> so you, you, if you remove the terpenes from a cannabis plant, um, is that something that you would be then able to transport across state lines? Or do you have to uh, use terpenes that are food grade terpenes in order to send across state lines? Um, you know, I'm not a thousand percent sure on the legality with cannabis based terpenes. I know that food grade can be shipped anywhere. Um, I don't know if they're sticklers because there may be trace amount of cannabinoids in there or not. But I also know from a practical perspective, you have far more control and consistency using food grade isolates when, you know, it, it really almost doesn't matter where it comes from when it's a certain level of purity and it's, you know, free of contaminant, it, you know, a molecule is a molecule. Um, you know, obviously I know people will probably be railing on me for saying that, but, um, you know, I mean, there are minor differences too. I mean, for example, um, you know, linalool or geraniol or something like that, depending on where it's sourced from, um, the shipping, the packing, the unpacking process, these things pick up trace um, nuances from their environment, from how they were processed, from what geographical region they were processed. So, you know, on, on that level, there are differences. But um, by at large, you know, for... Um, for safety and for comparative purposes, I, I find food grade terpenes to be just awesome. And, and let me ask you this. So uh, how many how many terpenes are there out there? I mean, there are hundreds. Um, there are probably, there's probably a core of about 20 that are the most common in cannabis. Um, my palate is, I'm, you know, on the day-to-day -day, with the exclusion of some random ones here or there, I'm working with like 50 or 60 of them um, on the regular, you know, I'm, but sometimes people want other natural isolates thrown in there too. If they want more of a back end of like the rind of a peach or um, if they want to get creative, if they want a coconut back end to their pineapple express, if they want, um, you know, so there are other aroma molecules that I bring into the mix depending on what my customer wants or how crazy of a departure I want to go from a standard strain. Oh, that's interesting. So there, there's hundreds and hundreds apparently of these, of uh, the terpenes, but generally cannabis, you said, is is about 20 common terpenes that we would we would bump into. Yeah. Um, now, one of the things that, that uh, I struggle with a lot of times is the, the definition between indica and sativa and the effects that we get from those two. Mm -hmm. um, more often than not, I will have a uh, sativa dominant 
that uh, really just whacks me like an indica and vice versa. Um, and, and I think that in a lot of ways, at least my understanding is that the terpene profile is more relevant to the actual net effect that we wind up seeing or feeling, I should say, uh, from the uh, from the cannabis itself. Um, now, what is your experience with that? Are you also noticing that terpenes are more relevant uh, to the uh, net effect? Absolutely. Um, they're essential. I mean, when you have a neutral distillate that's completely deterpinated, I almost, I call it like being half high. I feel like, um, you know, you've, you've got some of the effects of the THC, but it just feels like a very empty and a very not all encompassing high. When, when you start adding in your terpenes for a sativa or for an indica, it definitely leans you one way or the other and gives you a more full spectrum high. Um, you know, a lot of the terpenes change the way the cannabinoids are metabolized and taken up into your system. A lot of them have secondary effects that complement it. Um, but yeah, we're, it's, we're all, you know, this is Genesis right now. We're writing the rule books. We're all going down this rabbit hole together and, you know, educating ourselves, educating each other, learning more about this. It's really, it's really kind of cool. I, I would uh, chorus that as well. It's incredibly cool what uh, we actually are seeing happening. And, and you know, as far as cannabis, I'm, you know, I mean, we, we've always been creative. You know, I mean, yeah, we can take that apple and turn it into a pipe and then uh, a munchie when we're done. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we've always had that as, an, as you know, maybe it's just we're more thoughtful. Um, I can't uh, I can't say that for sure. Um, but the, the the cutting edge of what we're we're actually on and seeing and doing it's, it's incredible to behold, you know, that uh, not only was something that I did most of my life, uh, to be honest, for more recreational reasons than anything else, um, but something that I did my entire life, uh, only to come to find out that, uh, wow, it's saving people's lives. And, and, and the, the, the culture isn't just simply wearing, you know, uh, you know, tie dyes and, and, and dreadlocks. It, it isn't, and it never really was um, just for a few. And, and we're actually, you know, coming into more of a mainstream and we're able to adopt and actually use technology um, to, to really uh, hasten the, uh, the development of, of, of cannabis in, in the marketplace. Um, we got to take another quick break. Uh, when we get back, we, uh, we're going to talk some more to Oren Cohn with the Terpene Experts. We'll be right back with you folks. Stay tuned for more State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com when we return. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the hosts of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. 
National Cannabis Industry Association presents the fourth annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo, June 12th to the 14th at the Oakland Marriott City Center in Oakland, California. Register now at CannabisBusinessSummit.com. Meet industry leaders over three days of informative sessions and visit hundreds of vendors along the more than 80,000 square feet of sold-out expo floor. Hear from over 100 thought leaders headlined by feature keynote speaker, former president of Mexico, Vicente Fox. Join us at the epicenter of the cannabis movement sponsored by the industry's only National Trade Association, the fourth annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo, June 12th through the 14th. Register now at CannabisBusinessSummit.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is him pink, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Once again, here's Dave Inman. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. I'm your host, Dave Inman, and we got uh, we got Oren Cohn with the Terpene Experts. Uh, he has been uh, incredible at just telling us so much about uh, terpenes and, and what they really mean uh, to cannabis, you know. And, you know, in the, in the past, we've had other guests, you know, Max Montrose, we've had Humboldt, um, you know, where they have, I don't know if you're familiar with Humboldt, but they have this uh, dose pen that's absolutely incredible, you know, measured doses, you you, you draw it for i think it's 30 seconds it buzzes you're done you get a measured dose every single time oh yeah but they, i've seen it they, they they really focus on on terpenes and the more that uh, i see us focus on terpenes I, I think that we we really expand our horizon in general you know we we really look at cannabis uh from a thirty thousand foot view as opposed to you know just uh, the net effect um and we can tailor it to suit our individual needs. No, absolutely. It's like I said, I think we're going to see how essential and how center stage it's going to play in the development in the business side of this industry as well. When I guess for lack of a better way to say it, good enough isn't good enough anymore. Um, If you want to legitimize your presence in the retail environment, you need to have something exceptional. You can't just say it's exceptional. You can't just pretend it's exceptional because apples to apples doesn't cut it. And I think that's really going to push the envelope on terpenes. That's going to, you know, if you look at all the variables that go into creating a, a premium or a high-end, you know, oil product, what's, what's left that's not just smoke and mirrors? I mean, yes, you can make your packaging nice. Yes, you can make good oil, but everybody's making good oil now. Um, so you've got flavor, you've got experience, and you've got taste. And I think even people with a strong foothold in the marketplace are going to need to go back and going to need to make good enough exceptional. And I think that's where terpenes come in. 
I, I chorus that as well. You know, the uh, the market that I've seen, you know, I mean, watching people, you know, jump into the CO2 machines and doing all their extractions and they'll have their terpenes, you know, after the fact that they reintroduce back in. And, you know, I mean, my experience with that has been hit and miss as far as the quality. Oh, you absolutely. Know? And, you know, there is a lot to be said about when you go in and you buy some Blue Dream, which, you know, that one's obviously controversial. But uh, you go in and you buy, buy some Blue Dream and you expect a certain taste and net effect. And when it just goes across the board uh, with, with what it is, the look, the taste, and the genetics could still be Blue Dream, but it's grown somewhere else by a different hand. And all of a sudden it has a different profile, a different taste, a different look. And, you know, I mean, having having the consistency, you know, I mean, I can't wait until we can we can go from state right across state lines because, you know, just like when we look at the wines, you know, um, you know, you grow wine in a specific region. And, you know, depending on how that year was depends on, you know, how that grape is going to develop and, and the flavor profile that hits. But it's going to be all of those in that area all taste the same. But when you try and, and move it to another area, it's now a different different product altogether regardless yeah, and definitely i think a lot of that headache can be mitigated with um with food grade terpene based systems meaning if a company is expanding to boston expanding to you know other emerging markets going into arizona where you are going into california and they want to keep brand consistency you know the one thing that's going to do that are the terpenes they can have a universal terpene structure that remains consistent with all their brands and will generally work with all of their different distillation facilities, depending on what goes in. Um, so yeah, I, I agree a thousand percent. When you start getting into natural terpenes, yeah, I mean they're awesome, but for for scale production and for mass market, or even for you know a nicer boutique brand, a lot of times they're simply not viable, and you don't really have a lot of control when you're using them. You don't have Sometimes you're going to have undesirable flavors that are creeping in. Sometimes you're going to have more of one thing or another, depending on where your trim is coming from, depending on how much control you have and, and the relationship you have with your grower. So, you know, although it's nice, I don't really feel it's a viable market solution. I agree. I agree. You know, uh, as we as we start to focus more and more on on concentrates, you know, which uh, definitely uh, are gaining popularity all the time, even even with the elderly crowds. Um, you know, you can get uh, easier measured doses, um, but having that uh, tailored experience is really a, a demarcation line, a, a departure from what we'd ever had before, and incredibly important to the evolution of the of the product. Um, and again, you know, when we use it for medical, um, you know, being able to really understand how terpenes interact and that's that's the the next step right there is how they all uh act uh together in that entourage i can't wait to see what the outcome is of that and how we we go on from there um we're at about out of time i want to give a quick plug so uh terpene experts where can people find you well they can find me in lots of their favorite brands all over the place, but um, if they want to buy directly or hit me up or have me make something for them or do a custom flavor or purchase our off the shelf, www.terpeneexperts.com is the best place to get us. So that's www.terpeneexperts.com and uh, you can get connected uh, to Mr. Cohen right then and there if you ever need his services. So make sure and reach out for that. Uh, been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Um, wealth of information. 
sure all of uh, the, the listeners are going to get a lot out of this, and I do appreciate you, you coming down. Um, and we, of course, appreciate all of you uh, for tuning into this episode of The State of Cannabis. You can download past episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Uh, also, you can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Google+. Don't forget to like and comment. I'm your host, Dave Inman, and we'll talk with you next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.